If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. So, uh, as you may already be familiar with, if you're a listener uh, to this show, a regular listener, occasionally we take time to talk to uh, Michelle Cassidy and Jonathan Carey, who are our places editors. They see all of the stuff that everyone enters into Alice Obscura and tell me about things that have caught their eye or interesting thematic stuff that they're noticing. And so, uh, welcome to the show, Michelle and Jonathan. It's uh, great to talk to you guys again. Great to talk to you, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Always great to be here. So yeah, I would I would love to hear about what you want to tell me about, something that, that someone entered that you thought was super cool. One that grabbed my attention recently was Doris Duke's Pet Cemetery. Are you guys familiar with Doris Duke? So the name sounds familiar, but I don't really like I she's like an some kind of heiress or something. She was like a wealthy person. I don't know. So she was a socialite and heiress. She's the only child of a tobacco and hydroelectric power baron, James Buchanan Duke. Uh, and she was born in 1912 in New York City. But one of sort of the most defining things that came to be known about Doris Duke is that she was a huge animal lover. And she had this massive estate in New Jersey that's still there. It's called Duke Farms. And on the grounds of Duke Farms, there is a pet cemetery with graves and many of her pets are buried there. You hear all these stories about like eccentric billionaires that are totally overblown. So at the time, there were all these rumors that she had like lions and tigers and all these kind of crazy menagerie. But most of her pets were pretty like run-of-the-mill. She had a bunch of dogs, a bunch of cats, some rabbits. She did have a toucan named Ernie. But probably the most notable exception to her sort of standard pets was that she had two camels, uh, and their names were Princess and Baby, uh, and they're buried on her farm in New Jersey. She came into her camels in the 80s, late in her life. And she actually got them while she was um, buying a plane. She bought a Boeing 737. Uh, Hold on. A Boeing? A Boeing 737. Oh my gosh. And uh, managed to, to make part of that deal that she also got two camels that came from a game farm in 
New York. So she had this big kind of farm acreage where she like her dogs and cats lived and I presumably these camels lived there too and so she split her time between um this estate in New Jersey and Newport Rhode Island which is where the camels summered but then she also she had all these like beloved dogs um who are also buried on the estate and she had a couple of them that were still alive when she passed in 1993 um she left two of those dogs $100,000 in her will, which is incredible. I wish everybody could see my eyes right now. They're like, <laughs> they're jahujin. So, but it sounds like there's a there's a pet cemetery on the property that you can visit, and it like memorializes some of these animals. Is it are the camels memorialized? Like what's so the sort of? Yeah. It's just a bunch of little like stone headstones. It's actually you know for sort of as grand as a lot of this estate is. It's a pretty small, simple pet cemetery. Um, like a lot, of, if you look at the graves, a lot of them look sort of like made by hand, and some of them even have you know a lot of them have names. Ernie's grave says like Ernie parentheses toucan and uh, uh, you know when you have a lot of birds and a lot of animals you got to specify maybe there were two Ernie's yeah but some of them Ernie the toucan not Ernie the cat you know what I mean you gotta yeah I mean some of them even just say like puppy number 12 or the unknown cat um and you know it's it's really like weirdly charming and and charmingly uh simple and and hand done for for such a sort of rich surroundings that's fascinating and it's really cool that you can go and kind of connect with that history at this little pet cemetery, which like pet cemeteries are interesting, sort of strangely emotional places to visit in general. And it's it's cool to go to one that has is attached to such a big, a big history. Jonathan, what have you been adding recently that that you're excited about? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have the story of like an eccentric billionaire. Um, so for one of the places that really caught my attention recently, um, we're gonna just go to a Lidl grocery store in Dublin, Ireland at 72 Anger Street. Is this, it's like a working grocery store? It's a working grocery store. It's your typical Lido grocery store that you find on any city, urban landscape, place to shop. You get your milk and your bread and Get your and milk your and cheese. bread. Okay, all right. Typical okay, grocery okay, store. Okay. So you're probably asking me, like, Jonathan, why, yeah. <laughs> you bring, why in the world did you just bring me a grocery store? Why is a grocery store in the Atlas? Well, this is a particular special Lido grocery store. So inside this grocery store are basically two sets of like museum quality glass panels. One is like right on the floor and one is right near the register. So under one of these panels um, are the remains of a medieval house from the 11th, dating about to the the 11th century. Um, The house contained, believed to be like a thatched roof and it was limestone that was quarried from the local area. Um, So, and, and it's believed to be the work of Irish descended from Vikings, Scandinavian Vikings. That's so that these these Irish people descended from Scandinavian Vikings, um, and they were often referred to as the Hiberno Norse people. Uh, but that nomenclature has been disputed among scholars. Um, so it's kind of one of those things. It's it's still kind of a mystery, and people are still trying to figure out how to define that particular um, culture. We've done stories about this in the Atlas, Michelle. We've I've done a ton of them before of these like historical discoveries that happen at construction sites. That it's a historical area, a neighborhood, a very rich city in history, and the company that's 
doing construction says, hey, let's reach out to a local excavation team, archaeology team, and just see if anything's there. I think it's kind of impossible to build in Italy without hitting some sort of ancient Roman site. This has got to be like a European contractor's, like, their worst nightmare and like something that happens just all the time. Like, I'm sure they're actually ready for it. I'm probably not even their worst nightmare. They're probably like take out insurance or something on the possibility of finding. Just in case you find a bog body, here's what you do. Totally, because it's just like so the likelihood of like being like, ah, some like important ruins feel really high. So what is, is it like you can just like pop into the freezer aisle and see a medieval house. Like look down into a, yeah. (laughs) It's literally like a museum glass like floor. And you can look down and you'll see these steps and basically the ruins of this dwelling. Um, And there's also information panels around the store. So when you're shopping, you can kind of learn more about this particular dwelling as well. Mm -hmm. Also, while this team was looking and excavating, they also found um, what is known as an 18th century pit trap. And I know that probably sounds like something that was at the bottom of a castle inside of a dungeon, inside of a dungeon at the bottom of a castle, but it was actually, uh, a pit trap was actually a device that belonged to the Angel Street Theater that was actually at that same location many, many, many years later. Um, and basically what this device essentially did was lore and raise and lore actors from the stage. So to kind of give that illusion that they've vanished out of thin air. So if you've ever been to a concert and you watch the performer magically pop up out of the smoke, it was the exact same thing just during the 18th century. So that was also what was discovered at the site. And what's really interesting about this story, kind of even to peel back another layer, is that when the team was contacted to kind of look at this... as when the Lidl store kind of contacted the team before they were actually building the store, they also found the foundations and carved stones of a medieval St. Peter's Parish Church, which existed between 1050 and 1650 CE. And essentially, they found three There's different... so much history here. Exactly. It's That's what caught my attention about it. And that's why I love this. Outside of it just being like, hey, there's like this grocery store acts as a museum as well. It's this whole aspect of there's like three different layers of history on top of each other from these uh, people that were descended from Vikings setting up and establishing there to a theater, to a church that was in the area right there as well that they believe had was covering a large swath of area and they found the foundation there. So it's almost like just these different layers of history just like right on top of each other in one place. And it's just so cool. So you can pop in, get eggs and milk and also get like a great history lesson about Dublin as well. So I love this one. It's it's quintessential Atlas place. That's so fun. I wonder what's going to go on top of that site next in 2000 years. These were such great places, really, really cool, really interesting spots. I loved, I loved hearing about both of these, and and I hope the New Jersey one's like not so far from me. I hope I can, I can make it out there sometime. Yeah, I, I think it's. I'm gonna try to make a pilgrimage over to to say hello to Baby and Princess and and all the dogs. So you know, we've talked about doing different theme weeks when we talk to each other and like sort of looking at different types of things. I wanted to set a challenge to you two, um, just to see what would happen. Where do you want to wait out the zombie apocalypse? Or it can just be like, like maybe it's just quarantine in the future. It doesn't have to be zombie oriented, but like, where do you, everything goes to absolute hell. Where you hold up? Uh, no wrong answers. This is the challenge that I'm I'm giving you today, now, that maybe we'll uh, talk about next episode or sometime in the future. <laughs> 
I almost had a one answer on the top of my head, like almost like immediately, but I'm, I'll wait till I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, save keep that. It, yeah, keep it in, I'll keep it in. I have, yeah, I have I'm going to do some too, more research. Yeah, yeah. I've had several arguments, several Ooh. passionate, heated arguments with my partner about about where we would wait out the zombie apocalypse. So good, good, good. Well, all right. I look forward to next time then. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. And Atlas Obscura has its app out finally. So if you want to check out uh, Atlas Obscura in the palm of your hand and scroll around and see what's near you and what's all around the world, uh, you can go to the App Store and download it. Currently, it's just for the iPhone, but uh, there will be an Android version coming in not too, too long. So go check it out. We'd love to hear what you think. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, McKenna Smith, Guinevere Govea, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.